sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. The Catechism of the Catholic Church. What is it? Who is it for? And why should you care? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, the Catechism, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about the Catechism, anything we talk about today, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email. The address is, it's really tricky. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Uh, again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio by my regular, now illustrious co-host. That's a father Dickinson. Recently missing co-host. Uh, not, not not an ignition. It's been a hot uh, second. Renee Kranz. Hey, Renee. Hey, Chris. Renee, I've been filling in for you on your show, you Catholic have, Views. Thank goodness. It's been Thank so, you so much for difficult doing to try to be Renee Kranz. I am still alive. Yeah, that's good. It's it's good. Just, People yeah. like Nishin would have no idea. What, what's, what are they talking about? Nope. Although they did. They did get a rerun last week. They did, and my dad did. Uh, did dad, my dad, dad noticed. Did, Bill told me, let your dad so, know there's not going to be a new episode. That's, that's my fault, Dad. Sorry. So, uh, yeah. So blame Renee, Dad. <clears throat> yep. So we actually, Renee, we have talked about the catechism before, mm-hmm. um, but I uh, we, we've been talking lately about, of course, Mass, which is part of our ongo- one of the ongoing series. The only ongoing series I think yeah, we have. Yeah, well, unless you um, started a new one while I was gone. <laughs> we, we talked, we've talked about Bible translations. We've talked about the Pope. And I just sort of seem, it seems fitting for some reason to talk about the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So um, I know that you're still, you know, recovering, but haven't been under, under the weather. So this could be a fun show. <laughs> I'm just going to apologize ahead of time. <laughs> so I do want to start, though, asking you a question. Okay. Um, when you so have you have you what's your familiarity Renee Kranz um, with the Catechism of the Catholic Church? Well, I have not read it all. Um, I have a copy. Uh, it's actually yours is much bigger than mine. Mine's like this little guy. Oh, <laughs> I wish it was yeah, bigger mine's because mine's a little and... a little guy. Um, I use it. I mean, I use it quite a bit when I'm writing and stuff. Um, just for different things. So I'm familiar with it as far as I know how to use the index right. and find things. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yep, most And people- honestly, that's probably the, the un- unless you're going to sit down and read the whole thing, that's a good way to get familiar with it is just <clears throat> think of a topic or something you're wondering about and look it up in yeah. the catechism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people um, will use the catechism in precisely that way. Um sort of treating it in a way kind of like an encyclopedia where you can use the index (laughs) at the back. Um, there or, are or a weird dictionary that defines all of the dogma right. of the church. <laughs> it's uh, there are some, and it certainly can be. I, I've used it that way. You've many people have used it that way, but there are some um, important differences, and we'll come back to this. Important differences between um, an encyclopedia and a cate- and, the, and the catechism. But, but yeah, we'll fewer pictures in, in the catechism. <laughs> It's more like a dictionary that way, though, because there's yes. very rarely pictures. There could be more pictures in there. That that would actually improve it. Right. What, what if anything, um, do you know about the history of catechisms in general, this one in particular? Well, I don't think that there's always been necessarily a catechism that's available to everybody, Okay. as far as I know. Okay. That's a fairly recent thing? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
Great. We'll it's going to be out. a mystery we'll for a while, no, everybody. We'll find out soon. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to cut you off by, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as I know that that has been a fairly recent development in the church as far as it being, not that that there wasn't a catechism per se, but there wasn't like this big book all put together mm. for the public to gotcha. see. Not yeah, yeah. because they didn't want there to be. So I'm sure he'll explain this to Okay, us. we'll get that. <laughs> We're in getting skittish. Uh, I, I am, think, a little actually, bit. I'm going to stop talking now. So. Yes. Um, <clears throat> if somebody said to you, when they, I mean, we have the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, we, we as Catholics, it's not scripture alone. But we do have the Bible, which is, uh, you know, you can put your hands in the Bible. Tradition is a little bit harder to put your hands on, right. in a sense. Uh, so we have scripture and tradition uh, as the means by which we uh, have access to the teachings of Jesus. Um the Bible, particularly, you can put your hands in. So, why do we need another book? How, what would your do? You have an answer to that question? Well, what would your how, so? So, this is my take on it. Like the church is like the combination of scripture and tradition. Like she's the place where everything lives, and the catechism kind of spells out what the church teaches in those two things put together. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. Okay, so I'm telling you. Maybe I say that again. (laughs) So, so the church, the tradition, capital T tradition, and the scriptures, all like live together in the church and in the magisterium, right? And the catechism is just the place where all of those things that the church teaches have been put together. Yes, I think that's a great answer. But, but why, why do we, why Why take the time to do it? Why should I take the time to read it when I could just read the Bible? Well, and get a lot it, of it. it helps us make a lot more connections to kind of what's expected of us, what the Bible means. Because there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that you're like, what? Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it's, to me, it's just really helpful in kind of spelling out some of the things that maybe aren't explicit in the Bible, but are more explicit in the teachings of the church herself. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. So kind of starting there and then we'll go kind of backwards with the questions that we've talked about already. You are really making me work hard for a foggy brain. I I know, but you're doing really well for foggy. (laughs) Maybe you should be foggy more often on Ignition. That might be better. Um, From the very beginning, from the very beginning, there's, there have always been sort of summary statements, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, a condensation of what we know from scripture and tradition into sort of just, Okay, so these are the teachings right. of, of, of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus Christ. These are the teachings that the community of disciples, the church, um, hold to as followers of his. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first century, I mean, there's, there's a tradition, I think it's more of a legend, but there's a tradition, well, it's a tradition, um, that the, Ap- the the Apostles' Creed, I mean, it's called the Apostles' Creed because- For a reason. <laughs> it goes, um, again, the tradition is goes back to the Apostles. Um, we have the Nicene Creed mm-hmm. relatively early on within the first few centuries of the church. So there've always been sort of creedal statements, again, summary statements. No, those are relatively short, right? right. I mean, they're right. not an entire book. Right. <laughs> um, but also very early on, then there were um, unpackings- of the creedal statements, the summary statements of what we believe as Catholics to explain. So as you said, so the Bible, uh, the thing with the Bible is why there's another book besides the Bible, because the Bible has all sorts of different genres, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's not a collection. It's not a synthesis of simply 
summary statements of right, what we believe. Right. It includes all of that, of mm-hmm. course, and it is uniquely inspired. So the church does not place things like creeds or catechisms by any means above the Bible. To the contrary, um, the the Bible flows into things like creeds. Right. Which is why catechisms. we don't read from the catechism at Mass. Right, we, exactly. We don't read, <laughs> we do from, not the read from the catechism at Mass. <laughs> now, in the homily, the priest or deacon might on occasion quote from sure. it, but yep. that's different yep. than we don't read because it's not sacred scripture. Right. It's a summary statement of the concepts, the teachings that we find in scripture and tradition, as you already beautifully said. Um. <laughs> So, so um, very early on, we got things like catechisms. So there weren't until much later uh, universal catechisms, but there were local catechisms that were written very early on, especially to help, especially as the the church grew outside of the Holy Land, opened up to Gentiles, which we know happened in very the first few years, right. but grew into other cultures and civilizations, like into the Rome into Rome herself, mm-hmm. into other other lands that weren't Jewish by nature, were that weren't already familiar with the contents of what we call the Old Testament of of biblical revelation. Uh, so there was a need to do a deeper education. Okay, this is what it means to be a Christian. This right. is means to be a believer of of what God has revealed to us in Bible and in tradition. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, there are local catechisms that were started to be written relatively early on. Uh, So the, the idea of a catechism uh, is, is not itself new. It's a very ancient idea. And there was a St. Michael catechism. Is that right? So you're like in the 50s, 60s. So you're getting the the, the Baltimore catechism, Baltimore catechism, St. Michael, but there's a, well, Hmm. So there's a St. Joseph edition. So St. Michael, St. Joseph, St. <laughs> I can't this, explain myself. This is the foggy brain yep. right here. Uh, yeah, the, the Baltimore Catechism. So interesting. Do you know why the Baltimore Catechism, Catechism which our parents probably mm-hmm. uh, grew up with, do you know why it's called the Baltimore Catechism? Well, I believe it came out of Baltimore in the U.S., if I, if I remember right. Why, why, why Baltimore? Because that was like one of the first dioceses. In the US? It was was I think if I think it was the first diocese yeah. established, and there was a council, a local council. The U.S. bishops gathered in the 1800s, mm-hmm. late 1800s, I think. I'm not sure about the year right now. Um, 1880s, maybe, maybe. Um, and part of that was they said we need to have uh, a, an American catechism, mm-hmm. a catechism for the. Um, at that point, not brand new, it's a hundred years old, but the, for the quote unquote new country, right. um, especially because all the immigrants right. coming from Europe <laughs> and so on. The, um, so, so the Baltimore catechism uh, was basically commissioned by the U.S. bishops to help catechize American Catholics. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore catechism, though, itself derives from another catechism, yep. which was the first oh, okay. universal Catechism. So this big greeny or blue now, um, big blue uh, is the new the new editions. The new editions are are, are blue. Um, th- this catechism is the second universal catechism that's ever been published. The first one came out after the cat um, after the Council of Trent in the 16th century. Okay. So what was going on in the 16th century? How, what's your church history like, Renee? Well, in the 16th century, that would be the Protestant Reformation. Ding, 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 ding. And corruption going on in the church. Mm -hmm. So the Council of Trent was a major reform council to address abuses going on in the church, to address 
the teachings of the Protestant Reformation. Um, so out of that council came the first catechism uh, for the entire church. So again, for centuries at this point, there had been local catechisms. But after the Council of Trent, um, the the church decided we need to have one, in addition to local, right. there needs to be one sort of um, source mm-hmm. for other local catechisms yeah. to to draw from. So that's the Catechism of the Council of Trent or the Catechism of Pius V because he, Pope Pius V mm-hmm. was the one who commissioned it. Came out in the late 16th century and the Baltimore Catechism is basically um, uh, a version of the Catechism of the Council of Trent for Americans and especially for kids. Like right. most people know the second grade edition version of the Baltimore Catechism. Oh, okay. Um, but there were adult ones as well. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's a summary of histories of the catechism. <laughs> this is the second catechism of the Catholic Church, um, the universal one. Uh, and I'm going to talk about in just a little bit about why it was written. I'm going to start. So do you have any idea why it was written? I'll ask you that in just a moment. But in case you're just tuning in, I'm Chris Bergwald. Welcome to Ignition. Renee Kranz and I are talking today about the catechism of the Catholic Church been talking about um, especially uh, sort of the history of catechisms a little bit uh, and now a little bit more into this one in particular. So Renee, any idea why, again, this is a multi-year effort. Like it's a long process to take the time to write a catechism yeah. and so on. Mm. Any idea why this was? So the first edition came out in 1992 in French, in English in 94, then the official Latin uh, with an English revision in 97, and then... Just a few years ago, it was 2017 ish. Um, Pope Francis, 20, maybe 2019. I don't know. Pope Francis had just a couple little, one little tweak to it as well. I feel like the, it was like 20 years <clears throat> that they were working on it, wasn't it? Was uh, it, it was, after Vatican II? It was several II? years. Um, yeah, you're, well, you're because of Vatican you're barking II? up the right tree. Oh, okay. Right there. Yeah. So uh, 1985, bishops gathered together in Rome. Not all the bishops, bishops from around the world gathered for a synod. We're doing the synod of synod, mm-hmm. synod and synodality right now. There was a synod on the Second Vatican Council in okay. 1985. So Saint, now Saint, Pope John Paul II, wanted to have a conversation about, so Vatican II, we, we finished 20 years ago. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and out of that, one of, the, one of the, the desires that was stated um, was, uh, I, we need, because there's a lot of confusion. There was mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, people talk about confusion in the church today, but those of us who remember, and those of us who are older than you and I, very even more clearly remember the seventies mm-hmm. and into the eighties, there was a lot of confusion. What exactly does the Catholic church teach anymore? I mean, right. all sorts of changes <clears throat> made, um, in the life of the church after Vatican II, some of them because of Vatican II, um, some of them just for a variety of reasons, um, not all good. <laughs> Not all good. And a lot of people saying, including, unfortunately, not just priests, but even bishops saying the church no longer teaches certain things that she'd always taught. Right. So people are- There was mass confusion. Mass you know, confusion. On, on especially certain topics. Yeah. Right. So um, at this synod, extraordinary synod uh, in 1985, came a desire, uh, Holy Father, we, we need a new catechism, which incorporates- which 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 includes Vatican II. So it's not that 
The church has changed um, her teachings since the Council of Trent and the Catechism of the Council of Trent in the 16th century. But catechisms are meant to help people understand mm-hmm. the faith, mm-hmm. and that the, with, with change in times, there's change in understanding and so on. So the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the one that we're talking about today, it doesn't have really. It's not different teachings right. than the 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 16th century Catechism, but it's presented in a way that people of today might be. Uh, more able to understand and in light of what's going on in the church, in the world at the end of the 20th and the beginning of the 21st century. Right. So out of that came this desire. We we need to have a new catechism. So it was a multi-year drafting process. So it's kind of, um, I think pretty quickly uh, after that synod in 85, John Paul II appointed Cardinal Ratzinger, now Pope Emeritus Benedict Mm -hmm. XVI, Mm -hmm. Cardinal Ratzinger to, I want you to, oversee this. And he um, enlisted the aid of a, a Dominican priest at the time. He's now a cardinal himself, uh, then Father Christoph Schoenborn, who is the editor of the catechism. And they in turn enlisted a number of uh, church officials, mostly bishops and cardinals, but also some priests to help draft the text of the catechism, but then edit it mm-hmm. to make sure this is, this is I was talking about this with a group of people recently. Um, the Catechism of the Church was, in a human level, the work of a committee. But if you ever do read it cover to cover, it doesn't read... Like, usually a committee document seems disjointed right. and it doesn't flow. This flows beautifully. And both Schoenborn and Ratzinger really attributed that to um, God's hand working, the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. working in the drafting and editing of the catechism. Again, right. it's not inspired the way scripture right. is. But that doesn't mean God doesn't have a hand in it. Exactly. And they were convinced, <laughs> and I'm convinced, that God certainly had a hand yeah. Um, yeah. in this. Would it be weird to compare the catechism to the centuries of, People learning about God from uh, stained glass windows. Right. Not, not Would that be a decent comparison? It would be a decent comparison. And, and it's a great comparison because why catechisms now as opposed to in the past? Because in the past, people couldn't read. Right. Most people couldn't read. Right. But today, most Catholics, uh, and at least at least in much of the world, are, lit- are literally literate. So right. they're able to read. Right. Yeah. So it is just as... I mean, stained glass windows have been described as catechisms right. for people who were not literate. Right. Um, so this is just a much more <laughs> detailed stained Again, glass. Again, pictures would be okay. Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was commissioned, drafted in like, sort of 92, 94. So in the 90s, we get the, the catechism of the Catholic Church. Written, if, if you read the, the, the introductory documents in the start of, start of the catechism itself, the first, do you know who the first audience is? Pop shot, pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, who is the primary audience for the catechism? Do you know? I do not. Bishops. Oh. Bishops. Okay, that's weird. Are the first audience of the catechism, but they're not the only audience. So very early on, um, uh, this is, so one thing people gets a little bit confused about the first time they start using the catechism. There are in the different editions, like you've got a small one, I've got the bigger one. There obviously are page numbers, but the primary way that you ref- reference the catechism is by the bold paragraph numbers, mm-hmm. um, article numbers that are throughout the catechism. So 
Um, paragraphs 11 and 12 discuss the aim and intended readership of this catechism. So paragraph 12 says, this work is intended primarily for those responsible for catechesis. Mm, that so makes sense. For those who catechize. <laughs> First of all, so who's the, who's the primary catechist? The bishop. The bishop. First of all, for the bishops as teachers of the faith and pastors of the church. It is offered to them as an instrument in fulfilling their responsibility of teaching the people of God. So should we go down and ask Bishop DeGruy to Where's your catechism, Where's Bishop? your catechism, Bishop? <laughs> Why uh, is it not open on your desk? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bishop is very familiar with the catechism. I'm pretty sure he church. is. Through the bishops, it is addressed to the redactors of catechisms. So that's that's people who, who write local catechisms. Mm-hmm. A redactor is like an editor, author. Okay. So to redactors of catechisms, to priests, and to catechists. It will also be useful reading for all other Christian faithful. So the, the first audience is bishops, but through them, it's for literally everybody, everybody else. Yeah. So everyone is invited to, encouraged to read the catechism mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church. And this is where I want to get to, so we talked you talked about how you used it early on. Um, there is that way where you can use it sort of like an encyclopedia, mm-hmm. but when you, how is an encyclopedia structured, Renee? How is it ordered? An encyclopedia is usually in alphabetical order of something. So what's the connection from mm-hmm. one article to the next? Nothing. Nothing. As opposed to the Catholic, Catholic church, which is an organic yeah. integrated presentation of the faith. Yeah. So when you're reading the catechism, it doesn't just go, yeah, from article uh, for apostles. It's not in alphabetical order. Yeah. And then beatitudes <laughs> and then catechisms and then doctrine. No, it's, it, it, it's integrated uh, in a particular way following there's been this pattern, the flow of the catechism that's been used in catechisms for also over a thousand years, you start off with the creed. Um, so the first part of the catechism is explaining, unpacking the creed, mm-hmm. and then you get into the liturgy and sacraments. Then, in, then you get to life in Christ, which is how we live as Christians. Mm-hmm. Morality usually is how it's explained. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into prayer. So those are the four primary part. Those are the four parts yep. of the catechism, uh, and it's deliberate that way. So, uh, and I may have talked about this before um, uh, when we've talked about the catechism before. But what I love is the first two parts of the catechism are what God does for us. Mm-hmm. He reveals himself to mm-hmm. us. The creed is God's revelation. And then he gives himself to us in the liturgies, the liturgy and the sacraments of the church. Mm-hmm. Then we respond with how we live in him and how we pray. So it starts with God's initiative and then it goes to our response. Mm-hmm. But one fascinating thing uh, I want I'm trying to get to the uh, the the, diff- the 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 space between the different parts but I'm str- Oh, here we go. So life in Christ, uh, this is the division. Um, there's all sorts of uh, indexes at the back, so if you take those out See, um, you do definitely have the bigger version. Mine is <laughs> Mine does not have all that fanciness in there. So <clears throat> oh yeah. Parts one and two, part three and four. And what do you see? Well, our part is smaller. Our response is smaller. Right. So that means we have to depend on God a lot. Right. 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 So just <laughs> literally, when you look at the four parts of the catechism, the first two parts, first of all, they're first, and there's more literally more to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so our response, the catechism tells us more about God. Than about ourselves, it right. does tell us about ourselves. So, like part one talks about what it means to be human and so on. Right, right. But in terms of what we do, 
it's a response to what he does. And what he does is always greater right. than our response. That's literally manifested in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Manifested. Revealed. Manifest? No, no, no this is foggy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the editor's coming out in your language. <laughs> no, it is manifested. Okay. To manifest means to Sorry. reveal. It's a, it's a, look it up in No, Roger's I know what it means. Source. I just don't think it has an ED on the end. Sorry about that. It <laughs> does too. It's a verb. Squirrel. Look. <laughs> okay. Focus. Sorry. Right, focus. Don't, don't. We, we have to have an ignition this episode where we, uh, made manifest. We argue about our, she won't let it go, Bill. <laughs> we have three minutes Sorry, left. Sorry, I've in had the show. no one to edit for like three weeks. No, but I'm going to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. Oh, goody. Again. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit on the, the structure of the catechism, how it's, un, it's not like an encyclopedia. And the, the last thing I want to talk about um, is the, an invitation to actually read mm. the catechism of the church. We're coming. Oh, oh, oh! And next year, so you can you should do it this year. But I think Father Mike Schmitz is going to help be helping people with this. Next oh yeah, year. I know he's. Yeah, is that next year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. So Father Mike Schmitz, uh, well known to many, well Catholics and others, uh, uh, a good friend of mine, his wife, high school buddy, um, his wife uh, heard about it last year. Father Mike's Bible in a Year podcast. Mm-hmm. And she loved it, and she's going through it again this year. Uh, and it's somebody who's not Catholic. She's Christian, right. but not Catholic. Um, Father Mike has said his next project is going to be the catechism in a year, mm-hmm. which will which will also be fantastic. There's all sorts of aids out there to read the catechism, but I would really invite people to maybe maybe uh, as a Lenten project start. Don't try to read all in Lent. Well, you could if you have time. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will say that it's – I haven't read it all, but the stuff that I have read is not as – difficult as many parts of the Bible. Yep. For instance. Yep. <clears throat> like if you start reading the Bible from the beginning, you'll get to about Deuteronomy and you'll be like, oh, I am out. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and with so my um group of folks going through the equip program, they're um about four months into reading the Bible mm-hmm. now. The catechism. the catechism. They read the Bible last year. Mm-hmm. They read they're reading the catechism now. And many of them not all, not all. Uh, I don't want to overpromise here, but many <laughs> of them have expressed surprise at the readability mm-hmm. and and a beauty of the catechism. Right. Uh, there are certainly parts of it that are going to be a little bit more mm-hmm. dry, as happens to do with the Bible. Yes, sometimes. Um, sometimes. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <gasps> well, that that's a weakness in our part, to be honest. I, I'd, right. I, I, the way I tell people, uh, what I say about the catechism, it's even more true about scripture, is Every part of the catechism, every teaching in the catechism has some relevance for my life. Mm-hmm. It's just that today I might not see what that relevance sure. is. And yeah. so so when something's dry, that that the way that I sort of explain or describe that is well, that means it's irrelevant to me. Think, at this think, time. That the, and, yeah. and, and that are there so my that's my yeah, caveat. Right now, I don't see the relevance of this right. to my life. And so it's gonna be drier. Right. Um that's even more so true. With scripture, yeah, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy totally. seems irrelevant to my life, but there is a there. Deuteronomy is very valuable to the life of the Christian today. We'll talk about that. Sure, time. It, <laughs> it is. So, so I, I think it would be a good thing. I would would want to encourage folks to maybe take up the Catechism and yeah. start at the very beginning, uh, and and just read it through. It starts with a couple of documents by John Paul II, but then article or yeah, article or paragraph one is where it actually starts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's worth trying. Yeah, I think so. 
For sure. Great time to do it in Lent. Great time. To, so we're coming up just in a few weeks. So yeah. maybe give that up. Renee, it's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Good to uh, be seen. Amen. <laughs> and folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us with any questions about this episode or ideas for future episodes. The email address ignition at sfcatholic.org. And until next time, may God bless you.